Hey guys, this is Pastor Mark Warren from Church at the Crossroads. Thank you for checking out our podcast. My prayer is that you're encouraged and challenged as you hear, understand, and obey God's Word today. You know, as I was listening to the music, um, you know, God can do as much in your heart through music that glorifies God as preaching, as teaching. You know, as I uh, listen to God's Word and I hear God's Word in song, and I'm kind of talking to, to the guys just for a second, as men... Sometimes we build walls, you know, that tough guy wall. We build a wall to kind of keep our, our boundaries and to keep people out. Well, you know, Jesus has a way of kind of pushing down some of those walls. But Jesus responds to us allowing him to work. He, he's not a tyrant who comes in and forces us to obey him. And there are areas of our lives, and I'm, I'm thinking of men, but it applies to everybody. You know, we have walls where we just don't want to budge. You know, we're stubborn or we're hurt. You know, we're, we're hurt and we just don't want to heal. It's like we say, no, God, I'm going I'm to hold on to this pain. I'm going to hold on to this brokenness. And I'm going to be in control. And it is when we allow the Holy Spirit, as we, you know, as you listen, and I encourage you, as you listen to worship and you, you, you uh, feel the sense of the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart and encouraging you and convicting you, that you just say, you know, more, God, more. You know, you don't, don't put up the wall, because I'm telling you, there's, uh, you know, it's like playing sports. When you just get excited and you, when you score that touchdown, when you hit that three-pointer and, and you're just full of excitement and you're out there on the field or on the golf course or wherever it is as a man that you express yourself and you feel the, the, uh, the joy of victory, when you feel that, that's what it feels like and that's what you experience when you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. When you allow Jesus to be the decision maker in every area of your life, it is a victory. And it is to, you are strong in your weakness. Weakness in the sense that you say, Lord, I need you. Weakness in the sense that you say, not I, but Christ. And you allow Christ to do for you you allow Jesus to live for you the life he expects of you. It's not a drudgery. It's not a guilt. It's not a under your thumb, but it is a willful surrender to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. It's marching into battle with the greatest of warriors out in front of you, with the sword, with the shield, conquering the enemy that we all feel. So I encourage you to just be open to the Holy Spirit be open to the Lord, be surrendered to Christ, and to allow God, if you've been hurt, you know, and, and men, we, we, we just, we don't want to admit it when we've been hurt, you know, 
And, and, and my family can tell you that if I, I am the, the chief of doing this, if I ask one of my daughters to do something and they, they say, well, hold on a second, or I can't do it, I am quick to say, never mind. Never mind. Forget I even asked. Well, are you doing that with God? You know, is that your posture spiritually? Because it's my natural posture. Maybe you're, maybe you're not like that, but I tend to be prideful like that. That, I, you know, I'm not going to admit it. I'm not going to say you hurt me. But we walk around and brokenness is so evident in our lives. And Jesus wants us to let those walls come down so we can go closer to him in joy and in knowing his strength. Well, today's message is a message that is near and dear to my heart because I get to tell you a story about two friends of mine, Skip and Sharon Bowman. I met Skip probably in, I think it was around 1991. There was a group of people and they were starting a church in Newport News. And I got invited to a Bible study, and I met uh, Skip and his wife Sharon. They had a couple kids, and they were there with a gentleman from New York. He was from New York. He was a chicken farmer. And I didn't know what that was back then, but now that I've lived in North Carolina, I know a little bit more about that. And um, so Skip was there as a worker. He was not the pastor. He was there to support the pastor who had uh, moved to Newport News from uh, New York to start a church. And so he was a little rough around the edges, and he got a job as a brick mason. And I got to know him a little, a little bit. He was the type of guy that just told you very directly. And what I found out is Skip had an ability to share the gospel and lead people to Christ. And I'd never seen anybody do it. And what he did is he took this little book called Have You Heard of the Four Spiritual Laws? And he carried them. And when he had an opportunity, when the door opened up, Skip would pull out this book and he would read it word for word. And I saw person after person become Christians. And surrendered their life to Christ. And then he had another little book about discipleship. And when they became a Christian, he would walk through that book with them. And it was pretty, you know, methodical. And so as I've gotten involved over the years in church work and things like that, I've always wanted to, you know, I wanted to do what Skip did, you know. And so I, I took the book and, and I started talking to people using the book and and, you know, and there were some people who came to Christ, praise the Lord, but I never quite saw that book work the way it did with Skip. And for years, I've kind of said, well, maybe I should have done it more. Maybe I just should have, you know, and, and then this week as I prepared, it's like the Holy Spirit just shared something with me as I've read God's word and said, you know, Mark, it wasn't the book. It wasn't the book. It was the gift of evangelism that I placed in Skip. That when I called that man 
and, and almost could hear, you know, God laughing, you know, because he's a rascal, you know. He's a character, and he is a character, and if you knew him, you would say, yeah, he's a character. He is funny. You know, when I called him and uniquely crafted him for ministry, the thing that he was going to do was he was going to be able to share the gospel, and boom, people would get saved. It, was a, it is a supernatural gift that I placed in him. And the Bible says we have, you know, we've been given the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have teaching gifts. We have uh, gifts of faith, gifts of uh, helps, and, and the gift of evangelism. So as I've studied this passage, there's another man that the Bible tells us about called Philip the Evangelist. And this man got his start in ministry waiting tables with Stephen. He was one of those men who were asked to serve. It would be like, hey, guys, we're going to go out and we're going to cut the grass at the parsonage and we're going to do this. And you say, yeah, I want to be involved in that. And you start serving in that way. And all of a sudden, your gift of evangelism just starts to explode. That's what happened for Philip. And I want to invite you to listen to this story and pray. And my prayer is that the gift of evangelism would be manifested at Crossroads. That men and women would develop the gift of evangelism. Not a program. Not a program. Not hey, make a list of 100 people that you know or 10 people that you know. Not any of those things that I have religiously tried over the years. None of those things. But simply that Father God would call a man or woman to be empowered with the gift of evangelism, not to build this church, but to build the very kingdom of God and the rich men and women whom God has called and chosen with the gospel. So let's look at Philip's story. It says, So when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem and were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. Now the Samaritans were, uh, they were Israelites who were not quite accepted as full Israelites. The Samaritans had a history of compromise. When they went into captivity, when the Jewish people were taken captive by other nations, uh, some of the Jews kind of fought against it, but the Samaritans were more likely to marry people from uh, other cultures and, you know, in that where God said, don't marry people who do the idolatry. They, they didn't listen to that, and they just assimilated into the culture. And then they even opposed Israel at times. There were times that they opposed Israel, and they set up a separate temple. And about, the, uh, fifth, uh, about 500 years before Christ, they built a temple in uh, Mount Gerizim, that was in competition kind of with the temple in Jerusalem. So I say all of that to say that the disciples had gotten over their prejudice. They were not being prejudiced because as Jewish men, it's unlikely that they would have typically shared the gospel with Samaritans. But here these men were out sharing the gospel with Samaritans 
and they had broken down their, their uh, cultural barriers, and they were reaching out to other people. So that's a beautiful thing. And what happens in the process is that an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. So these disciples are sharing the gospel. And then God calls Philip to go to a more remote place. It would be like, you know, we're in here, we're reaching people with the gospel, and the Holy Spirit says, Mark, go down to uh, somewhere on Highway 11, where you don't even get a signal. <laughs> go down there on some deserted road. And so as Philip was there, it says, so he got up and he went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of her treasure, and he had come to Jerusalem to worship, and he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. So when Philip went to this deserted road, out in a remote place, he sees a man. So he knows, this is unusual, and then the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. Philip ran up, heard him read in Isaiah the prophet, and said, do you understand what you're reading? And the man said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shear is silent, so he goes and does not open his mouth. He, his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who, was, who will relate to his generation? But his life is removed from the earth. Then the eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me, of whom does this prophet say this? Who does he, who's he speaking about? Of himself or someone else? Then Peter opened his mouth, and beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. Peter, op I mean, Philip operating, you know I like Peter. I'm always trying to say Peter. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So Philip operating with the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of evangelism, he began to show this man, this eunuch man, from the scripture how the Old Testament, which was the scriptures he had, the law and the prophets, he began to explain to him that Jesus was the Son of God. And he explained to him how Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. And as you know from this story, it wasn't long into the story that the eunuch said, hey, there's some water, can I get baptized? Now that is a man with the gift of evangelism. He didn't even finish the story. You know, they tell me uh, Billy Graham came to South Carolina when I was a student at Columbia Bible College, and, and they tell me that one night it started to rain. And a guy told me, he said, I was down on the 50-yard line at the University of South Carolina's uh, stadium, and people were getting saved. And he said, and Billy Graham had barely spoken. But he spoke the word of God, and when God's word is preached, and God's word is heard and understood, and people respond to the word of God, people get saved. 
And the gift of the Holy Spirit working in the gift of evangelism was working in Philip, and this man became a Christian. So we want to look at this today, and we want to say, what do we need to do to develop this gift in our church? What do you and I need to do to, uh, to activate that gift? Because although I would not consider myself as having the gift of evangelism, I believe my gift is to teach and explain God's Word, I can still function under the influence of other people and learn from people with that gift and lead people to Christ, and so can you. So all of us can share the gospel and see people saved. And some of us, that's a unique gift that God can give you, and it can be cultivated and developed. Because that gentleman I told you about, Skip, he fought it for a long time. He fought it for a long time. Because he wanted to, he wanted to be honest with you, he wanted to be a successful chicken farmer. That's what his father was. That's what his family was. He was successful in business. And he was at a, of all things, he was at an Amway conference one time. Somebody invited him to go to the Amway conference, you know, to draw the little circles. And I don't know, I, I used to get chased by a lot of people to do that when I was younger, you know open up the back of their car and they had all these products of soap and things like that and just buy this and start telling your friends and you'll become a millionaire. But anyway, so Skip went to one of those conferences and he was sitting in a chair and he did something that no one in this room ever does. He started listening to somebody's conversation. Two people were talking and he started listening. I know we've never done that before. But Skip started listening and he heard the gospel. And he gave his life to Christ, listening to two people have a conversation about Christ. So somebody's sharing the gospel with somebody else, and this guy's listening, and he gives his life to Christ. So as he began to read the Word, he felt like God wanted him to preach and go into ministry, and he kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And then one day he was riding uh, from a trip and the state trooper chased him down and pulled him over and said, Mr. Bowman, you need to turn around and go back to your, your chicken farm. They are on fire as we speak. And his chicken farms burned down. Now, I'm not saying God did that, but you know, I'm, I'm more likely to believe that God knew that was going to happen and God knew that wasn't his will and he was trying to redirect him. But that's what happened to the man. His business was gone. And, and I don't think he had all the insurance stuff worked out the right way, but it was a financial disaster. And at that point, he told me, he said, I had two choices. I could either put a gun to my head, which would be a horrible choice, or I could surrender to Christ. And that's kind of extreme. But sometimes people feel things very, very extremely, and he surrendered fully to Christ and became a radical Christian sharing the gospel, getting up and moving from New York down to Newport News, and eventually he, he eventually became a pastor in West Virginia. He answers God's call, and he has the gift of evangelism. You might be sitting here today, and you might have the gift of evangelism, and it just not be cultivated. It could just be a matter of you 
opening up a little, letting some walls down and say, God, use me. Stepping out of your comfort zone and starting to share the gospel. It doesn't have to be the gift of evangelism. It could be the gift of teaching. There's several gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to people. Today, we're just focused on the gift of evangelism. Peter, Philip, here we go again, Miss Bobby. <laughs> I'm going to blame you. <laughs> Philip was recognized by the church. When God has given you a gift, it will benefit a local church. And the local church will recognize that gift in you, maybe before you even see it. You know, I've seen people many times where I, I see their spiritual gift long before they see it. Not because I'm unique or anything. Anybody that opens their eyes can see a spiritual gift developing in most cases. You can watch it in our young people. You can see the embryonic forms of spiritual gifts taking place and developing. And as a local church, we want to encourage that and build people up so that they can use their spiritual gifts. Because when people use their spiritual gifts, they're going to be full of joy. You know, life can be hard and challenging at times. Do you know there's been times in my life when I was discouraged and it seemed like everything was going wrong and it was difficult and God would use me to use my spiritual gift and it would just lift me out of the funk? I could just like step outside of some of those problems for a while and see God move and work with that spiritual gift that he gave me and say, you know what? This stuff is just life. In the world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We're going to have ups and downs in life. We're going to get, you know, good news, bad news. But when we use that spiritual gift and we're doing the thing that we are created to do for Jesus, there's a joy that words really can't express. It is a beautiful thing. You know, it's like when we had our, our children, how wonderful, you know, how exciting it was to have children to become part of our lives. It was joy that I never knew or anticipated beyond what I could have imagined. And so is using our spiritual gifts for Jesus. If God's love is flowing through you and you're serving other people and blessing people and helping people and doing what you were created to do, it's not a burden, it is a joy. You know, if I said to Brother Jacob, I said, hey, you know, how about uh, speaking or preaching? He's not going to be like, oh, well, if I have to. He loves it. He loves it. He starts smiling because he loves doing that. You know, there's people in the church, they love serving. They love helping people. I see the joy in their eye, you know, in doing things. So I am praying that God would just unleash his gifts on us. Spiritual gifts to be used for his glory, not ours. So Philip was recognized by the church because his gift was practical and useful. Philip was responsive to the Holy Spirit. You can have a spiritual gift, and if you resist the Holy Spirit, and if you say no, 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 God's not going to be able to use that gift. There's a passage in the Bible that says, Jesus did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. Unbelief, unwillingness will keep God's work from being done. Philip was responsive to the Holy Spirit. How many of us would say, okay, I'll go to a remote place, or would we try to tell the Lord what we should and shouldn't do? 
God might call you to do something. It might not make sense to you. But if you're responding to his Holy Spirit and you obey in him, you just you follow him, you do what he says, because God sees the big picture. Next, Philip read, he understood, and he obeyed God's word. He was a student of the word of God. How do I know that? Look at how he worked through the book of Isaiah. He wasn't stumbling around. He wasn't like, well, I've never heard that verse before. He knew the word. He studied the word. So if you want to release the gift of evangelism, work through the local church, get some training, get some encouragement, read, study, and understand and obey God's word, respond to the Holy Spirit, and then talk to unbelievers. Philip was received by unbelievers. Now, I'm writing a paper for one of my classes about uh, John chapter 4 and Jesus and the Samaritan woman. And as I've studied this passage, you know, I've been studying the, the conflict between the Jews and the Samaritans. And what I realized is that Jesus understood this woman and he accepted her when other people did not. If you want to share the gospel, like Jesus shared the gospel, like Philip, Paul, then reach out to people that other people don't accept, you know? And then also you can see Jesus healing people. So help some people that other people can't help. If you will help people that other people cannot help, if you will accept people that other people do not accept, those activities will open the door for you to share the gospel with unbelievers and be received by them. People love people that, uh, you know, that love them. You know, I've been thinking, God, who are the people right now in society that the world rejects? Who are the rejects? Who are the deplorable, the, the unwanted? Where are they at? Because if the church will reach out to those people, most likely they will receive some type of response because few people are reaching out to those people. And I don't really know the answer to that question. I just, just thought of it. Who are the people that other people don't, don't accept? You know, and reach out to people at your workplace. Who's the person that everybody's mean to? Who's the person that nobody likes? Share the gospel with those people. Share the gospel with everyone. Reach out to everyone. Care about people. Love people. Accept people. Help people. Help people who are in need. And the, uh, a friend of mine called me up this uh, week and said, you know, he was telling me he met somebody that was homeless. And we talked for about 30 minutes, and he was just telling me how, you know, God put this person, you know, in his path. And, and we were talking back and forth. And, and I told him, I said, you know, well, if the person stays in a hosky for any length of time, I'm sure they'll make their way over to our church because we've met several people. In fact, you've had people who've sat in this church who had been homeless, that God had taken them out of that situation, and they've come back here driving a car to show me that not only had they gotten off the street, not only had God begun to put food on the table, not only had God given them a shelter, 
but God had given them a nice car, and they wanted to show me. So praise the Lord. Amen. You know, praise the Lord. You know, when, when we help people, you know, some of the people are going are gonna to respond, and some people are not going to respond. We don't know who's going to respond and who's not. But as we release this gift of evangelism, and as we follow those principles of reaching out to people in need and accepting people that other people don't accept, we will help people come into a relationship with Christ. What can we learn from the life of Peter? Philip. Golly, I'm going to do that all day. Praise the Lord. God must want me to preach on Peter again. God wants us to work through the local church. God wants us to be led by the Holy Spirit. God wants us to read, understand, and obey his word. And God wants us to reach out to unbelievers. How do we work through the local church? We can volunteer and help. We can, uh, I figured this might be hard to read. We can become friends with other people who are on the same journey and we can be part of Sunday morning and Wednesday night. I encourage you to build relationships. If you want to partner with the local church to reach the loss and to use your spiritual gift, develop friendships. Getting to know people, developing uh, strengths and weaknesses, uh, making your strengths even better, making your weaknesses stronger, is done through fellowship with other people. How can we be led by the Holy Spirit? We pray and we ask. We forgive. You know, it, many times when we're having worship here, I start praying, Lord, if there's anybody that I'm not forgiving, help me forgive them. And then I pray for the church. I said, Lord, if we have people, if there are any people in the church today who are struggling with forgiveness, Lord, help them to release that debt and forgive. Forgiveness is so important for God's Holy Spirit to work through us. Next, find. Find time to be silent and listen to God. I know some of you from time to time, you've said, you know, Mark, thank you for sharing that. I spent some time this afternoon just praying. And I continue to share that. That, you know, I'm not trying to get you to run up to the stage and respond, but if the Holy Spirit re moves in you, you know, the, the altar is open. You can respond to God in the way that the Holy Spirit moves you. But what I do encourage you to do is to take a walk this afternoon or tomorrow or this week. Take a walk and spend some time with Jesus. Just take a walk and just go out in the woods or go in your neighborhood or go out on the boat or wherever is comfortable and just say, Lord, what do I need to change? Lord, what, what am I doing right? Lord, what do I need to work on? Lord, is there anybody I can help? Lord, is anybody I need to forgive? Just talk to Jesus. Listen, talk, and listen to the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit lead you and put, you know, people call me from time to time, and they say, you know, the Lord put you on my heart today. I just wanted to send you a word of encouragement. I just wanted to pray for you. You know, I had a dear friend named Elton Jones. He was, he was a skip as well. He was another skip. God loves teases. He loves to tease me with the gift of evangelism. <laughs> he brings these men into my life to have the gift of evangelism. And I'm their, their biggest fan. I think the world of them. And Elton was a precious friend. 
a wonderful man of God, who shared. He went up to Canada one time, and he told me he was just sitting up there on like a bench, and every time somebody sat on the bench, he'd share the gospel with them. And I said, well, he, he's clever. And he passed away, and, you know, before he passed away, it, during my probably seven, or seven years of knowing him, he sent me several texts at ungodly times in the morning. I didn't wake up that early, but Elton did. So he sent me these texts, and, and I changed phones one day. Got, this was year, a couple of years later. I got a different phone, and for some reason, me not knowing what I'm doing and not having Zach to, to ask how to do this with my phone, all my text messages came back. I don't know how that happened, but I had a whole collection of all these text messages from Elton Jones. It was like reading, you know, Bible verses. I thought I had a whole New Testament on my phone that day because he had sent me so many Bible verses and words of encouragement. And I encourage you to, to spend time alone with God and to hear God speak and to develop friendships where those things take place. Next, how do we read, understand, and obey God's word? Set aside some time. Make it intentional. Plan. Plan your day to spend 10 or 15. Some of you are reading through the Bible. Uh, you can read one chapter in the New Testament. You can read that five days a week. There are 260 chapters in the New Testament. In 52 weeks, you will have read the Bible, New Testament. You would have read the New Testament. That's one chapter a day with two days off every week. Very doable. Very doable. I encourage you to do that. It will develop the gift of evangelism and any other gift that God has given you. How do we reach out to unbelievers? We need to spend time with Jesus. We need to spend time with God's people. And we need to spend time with lost people. If we will grow spiritually and allow God to develop our spiritual gifts and then hang out with people Spend time with them. People will get saved. I want to thank you for um, the, just the encouragement that you guys are giving me and being faithful to, to God's uh, local church. You know, we are, we are growing. Things are going well. I encourage you to develop friendships and build people up. I can't wait to get started back with guitar lessons. I think we got a great opportunity to do all of this through these guitar lessons. I see new people that are interested in guitar lessons, and we have people up here who play the guitar. They've learned how to play the guitar in this church, and there's many other things that God can do. We're open to ideas. You know, I've been praying, Lord, you know, what next? What do you want us to do? You know, do you want us to do flag football? I used to do flag football. I love flag football. You know, there's so many different things. Do you want us to do soccer? Do you want us to do a chess club? You know, there's so many different ways to, to just spend time with people and just have fun. And what it does is when we're having fun and people get around you and they don't hear you cursing and complaining, it's not going to be long before they wonder what's different. What's different about you? And then you can point them to, to Jesus. Let's uh, just respond now and worship to the Lord.
Well, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for each person here, Lord. Lord, I do stop now and I pray, Lord, for the emotional needs, physical needs, as well as spiritual needs, God. Lord, I pray that you would touch each person. Lord, I pray that you would encourage anyone who's discouraged. Lord, I pray that you would challenge anyone who is complacent, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will draw people, men and women, to you. Lord, I pray that you will heal brokenness and hurt and pain. Jesus, I ask, Lord, Lord Jesus, we invite you to be our decision maker. Father, we surrender our lives to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Visit us at crossroadsahoski.com for more information, additional resources, and service times.